Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we concluded our review of the testimony of Jan Malinowski, the president of Palmetto State Bank. In this installment, we present our look at the testimony of Mark Tinsley, the lawyer who represented the family of Mallory Beach in their legal battle against the Murdochs. That's all coming up right after the break. (laughs) Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Yuffie X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only It is the late afternoon of February 9th, 2023, day 12 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Palmetto State Bank CEO Jan Malinowski concluded his testimony about Alex Murdoch's fraudulent procurement of over $4 million in loans from his bank. As we begin this installment, the state calls Mark Tinsley to the witness stand. As we have already reviewed Mr. Tinsley's testimony during an in-camera hearing in episode 69 of this season, we will abridge our coverage of his testimony before the trial's jury. The witness appears to be in his early 50s. He sports short graying hair and a goatee and wears a dark gray suit, a golden tie, and a white button-down shirt. Prosecutor Creighton Waters handles the questioning for the state. Under Waters' questioning, Mr. Tinsley tells the jury that he is the lawyer who represented the family of Mallory Beach in the suit against the Murdoch family for the death of Ms. Beach in a boating accident caused by Paul Murdoch. The witness also testifies about his efforts to preserve critical evidence in the case. His efforts to make sure that the Murdoch family's power and influence in Hampton County did not adversely affect his client's interests in the case, and his discovery that the Murdoch family's insurance coverage would likely not cover the damages claims related to Ms. Beach's death. Mr. Tinsley also describes a confrontation he had with the defendant at a legal conference where Alex Murdoch expressed frustration at Tinsley's continued efforts to obtain a large settlement in the boat crash case against him. Mr. Tinsley then states that he continued to gather evidence against Alex Murdoch and that he conducted mock trials to get a sense of the strength of his case. Mark Tinsley also tells the jury that the defendant ultimately claimed to be broke and did not have the resources to settle the claim by the Beach family. Mr. Tinsley next describes his efforts to ascertain the true nature of Alex Murdoch's financial situation. He also testifies about his discovery that Mallory Beach had recorded videos and photos of Paul Murdoch engaging in underage drinking, evidence that Alex Murdoch was desperate to keep from his co-defendant in the Beach case, Parker's Restaurant. And so one of the things that I discovered was is that Paul's girlfriend had tons of videos, videos of alcohol, family trips, videos of Paul drinking 
in front of his parents, videos of him grossly intoxicated. And, and so that evidence uh, I shared with Ellick's lawyers as well leading up to it. I didn't, I didn't share it. They didn't serve the same discovery on me because they didn't want the other defendant, Greg Parkers, to have it at that time because they were so entrenched in um, that there was some sort of venue-friendly lawsuit going on between Ellick and myself, but there wasn't. As you're considering all these issues, did you ever convey to the defense any issue about suing any other defendants in Beaufort County if you felt like your case was not getting a fair shake in Hampton County? Defense attorney Philip Barber then raises an objection. Before considering the objection, Judge Clifton Newman releases the jury for the day. Once the last juror leaves, Judge Newman asks the defense to make their argument in support of the objection. The nature of the objection. Your Honor, as I understand this, the, the relevance of this under the state's theory is financial pressure due to the, he said, $10 million that he expected uh, the defendant to pay. Uh, these details about interactions with other defendants, uh, it's, the relevance is just not apparent. Prosecutor Creighton Waters responds. Your Honor, through my questions, I've been trying to uh, minimize getting into the weeds on that. I believe the response that the witness, I'm happy to proffer an answer to that particular question, is communicating to the defense that uh, he, um, you know, intended to sue Maggie and Paul in Beaufort County if he detected uh, anything that he thought uh, in Hampton County that was, uh, that was um, untoward. And I think that that's specifically relevant to the specific pressures that were rising on this defendant uh, in May of 20, excuse me, April of 2021. Well, I think you could have asked him that question, but I agree with the defense. Um, uh, you said you're not trying to get in the weeds, but you're far into the weeds, into the other case, and I sustain the objection. And we will resume at 9.30, Mr. Harpootlian. Defense attorney Dick Harpootlian then rises to bring up another issue before Judge Clifton Newman. Your Honor, um, at some point in this case, the defense will have the opportunity to call witnesses. I'm not sure when that's going to be. Anyway, a number of our witnesses, when I say a number, at least four, perhaps five, from out of state, they're experts. So it, it's prohibitively expensive for us to just fly them in and have them sit somewhere for a week or two. I wonder if we can inquire of the state if there's some end of their case that they predict will happen within. And because, Your Honor, if, if, if they tell us they're going to end on, I mean, sort of the reverse, they tell us they're going to end on 10 days from today and they end eight days from today, or we won't have witnesses to put up. It's going to, and so we delay the court. So. And it's not, I've talked to uh, the Attorney General several times, he has been unable to predict to me when that might happen. I thought perhaps, uh, and I'm not asking he do that right now, but perhaps he could, Your Honor, if you would ask him, he could like consult with his team and think about um, when that might happen. And again, I'm only asking so that we don't say, we don't have a witness here, they're in Chicago or Connecticut or whatever, because they, they have to book flights and they have to, um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not whining. I'm just saying to some special request. I certainly understand. I don't need that much. Thank you. No. I, to, I believe, and I think the defense counsel will have to concede. I've been very accommodating at, at what our next day schedule is, and 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 
you know, trying to provide that. I've tried my best to communicate with the defense, and I, I, I think he would have to concede. I've yeah, been, he's not worried about that part. He wants to know, when are you going to be through? Well, I think... <laughs> And I'm not and I, and I told and, and you know, he says I, I didn't tell him and I told him that, you know, right now I'm thinking at the latest midweek next week is what I was thinking. I told him that earlier today. Uh, and, and again, your honor understands these are fluid. Objection can happen. Cross-examination happens and camera proceedings can happen. But that is what I told him. Does that give you a sufficient idea? You know, um, but if, as this process goes on, they decide they need to. I mean, again, I'm uh, it said I accused him of gilding the lily, lily and par uh, piling on. It's apparently instinctive. I'm not criticizing it. It's his case. Uh, I am criticizing it. It's his case. Um, but uh, I just, and he has every day when I've asked him, who you call him tomorrow? Been 100% cooperative. And we're going to do the same for him. But um, as we proceed through tomorrow, and he thinks he's going to be done midweek, next Wednesday of next week. That's my best assessment right now, yes, sir. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to structure a plan where we have available witnesses Wednesday, Thursday that we don't have to fly in, but it may be the following week before we can get those folks here, if that makes some sense. I mean, I'm just... I understand. Well, we'll... Yeah, we, we'll need to address it as we go and I think uh, maybe reassess things and give, give you some lead time. In no way criticizing Mr. Waters, I want to say that. I understand it's a fluid situation. I've been where he is. I spent 12 years as a prosecutor. I know how difficult it is to project these things. Having said that, we've been here a little bit longer than I thought we were going to be. We projected a three-week trial. We're now three weeks, um, or tomorrow will be three weeks, and we're our case is going to take, we think, at least a week. Um, if you've rented or set aside hotel rooms for a three- or four-week trial, it's probably best to make provisions. And we're going to try to pair that back. We think the jury um, may not remember what they heard three weeks ago the further we go on. Okay, we'll uh, just re revisit the issue on it perhaps on a daily basis and see how we're going. Thank you. With that, day 12 of the trial comes to an end. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We resume our coverage on the morning of February 10th, day 13 of the trial. The testimony of Mark Tinsley continues with Creighton Waters again handling the questioning for the state. The witness testifies that a major motions hearing in the Beach case, including the motion to compel discovery from the defendant, was scheduled for June 10, 2021. He then describes how the murders of Maggie and Paul on June 7th, just three days before that hearing, substantially delayed the legal process of the boat case. 
Creighton Waters concludes his direct examination by asking Mr. Tinsley about how sympathy for Alex Murdoch after the murders changed the dynamics of the case and how the defendant was skilled at exploiting those sympathies to his legal advantage. After Prosecutor Waters concludes his direct examination of Mr. Tinsley, defense attorney Philip Barber begins his cross-examination of the witness. Good morning, Mr. Tinsley. Good morning. Um, I'm going to maybe just start asking a couple of questions that I, I think are just some things that, that we could agree on before maybe getting to some other things. Um, did, was there any life insurance for Maggie or Paul? Uh, I don't believe there was any life insurance on anybody, including Alec. And if this motion's hearing, um, which was not just the motion to compel, it was other motions, correct, on June the 10th? Yeah, there were some other motions. And if this, if that hearing had gone forward, uh, at least for the motion to compel, this this would have been another step in a process, right? Uh, in, in, in other words, um, I believe it was your previous testimony. I think it's fair to say that there wouldn't have been an explosion on June the tenth. That this this would have been another step, but it wasn't the, the end point. So what happened? It, is that correct, sir? Yes or no? Am I misstating your testimony? There well, wouldn't have so been an explosion. On June the 10th. You're, you're jumping around, so it's hard for me to follow. I, I apologize. Well, if you let me finish. No, no, I... Prosecutor Creighton Waters makes a request of Judge Clifton Newman. Your Honor, I would like to ask the witness to be allowed to finish his answer to one of those questions, and I object to perform the question. Pose one question. Philip Barber continues his cross-examination of the witness. Yes, Your Honor. Did you previously testify, I think that it's fair to say there wouldn't have been an explosion on June the 10th? I'm sorry, yes, you were looking down. I couldn't hear what you said. I'm sorry, I was trying, I was reading it. I think it's fair to say that there wouldn't have been an explosion on June the 10th. Was that your, did you testify? Did those words come from, from that stand when you previously testified, yes or no? I, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. You looked down again and I could not understand what you said. I, was I, there I, an explosion? I apologize for that. I'll hold it up. I'm just trying to read it accurately. I think it's fair to say that there wouldn't have been an explosion on June the 10th. Yes or no, is that your testimony previously? It, just, it's just yes or no. It's possible. You're trying to turn it into something it's not, but, but I probably said words to that effect. Okay. No further questions, Your Honor. Defense Attorney Philip Barber concludes his cross-examination of Mr. Tinsley. Prosecutor Creighton Waters then begins his redirect of the witness. You're asked about uh, the motion to compel, compel being another step in the process. Is that correct? It, it was a, a way to put pressure on Alec. But if after that hearing happens and, and an order granting a motion to compel have been issued, that starts a process that's going to run its course. Is that correct? Philip Barber objects to Creighton Waters leading the witness. Waters rephrases his question. If a order to compel is granted, tell us about the process that happens after that as it relates to your specific interrogatory we've talked about here. Sure. The, the process starts on Ellick's side way before. Uh, if you look at those exhibits that they marked the email, you'll see Danny Henderson. Again, Danny Henderson was his personal lawyer. Danny Henderson is also a shareholder in the firm. Danny Henderson is reviewing every single document. Every That's how meticulous Danny Henderson is. He reviews all of the account information before I get it. And nobody knows better what Alex making than Danny Henderson. I mean, it, you, you'll see all these checks going out and all these payments being made, and Danny Henderson would have known. So the explosion. Object, Your Honor. That's Philip Barber again objecting. Uh, basis for the objection. Uh, foundation. Speculation. <clears throat> response. Uh, speaking of. Um, speaking of response to the objection. 
He has uh, testified as to the fact of his interactions with that individual who actually brought him insurance documents to review. I think he has a basis to know. Foundation uh, and your response to the objection. I believe he has sufficient foundation to address that from his personal knowledge, Your Honor. And I overrule the objection. You may answer. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, for instance, uh, I had subpoenaed the phone records, not only Alex, his father's, um, but we also had uh, John Marvin, Alex's brother's phone records. Um, Danny reviewed those records for a long time before I could get my hands on them. Danny was involved in everything. He was at every hearing. He was at every deposition. Uh, he was intimately involved in every aspect of the case. If an order to compel is issued, what was going to be your next step if you had an identification of accounts? by the defendant. Subpoena those accounts. And if, if those accounts are subpoenaed, can potentially people move to quash those? They could move to quash, but Danny Henderson would have looked at the documents in anticipation that I could get them. Philip Barber again objects. Judge Newman sustains the objection. I sustain the objection. If motions to quash had been filed, though, you could have continued to seek that and there would have been further hearings. Is that correct? I, I would have continued. Yet again, Barber objects. Judge Newman again sustains the objection. Objection is sustained as the leading. What would have happened if motions to quash were filed as to any subpoenas you issued to it for the specific information about the defendant's accounts? I would have continued to push. We would have continued to argue about it. Would have a process been put in motion, though, that was going to conclusion if an order had been issued on June 10th, 2021? Absolutely. Thank you. Nothing further. Anything further? No, Your Honor. I step down. Thank you. And with that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we begin our review of the testimony of Blanca Simpson, a close friend of Maggie Murdoch who also worked for the family. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.